Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Well, good morning, ESPN 1000. It's Xander. That's me. Brian Hanley's here. Hi, Brian. Hey, Mark. What's up? Well, you know, the White Sox did pull one out last night. Look, they won 10-7, to but uh, that got a little scary, and, and I'll tell you why. And, and we have Sean Davis here, a, a noted White Sox fan. I wanted to get Sean to weigh in on this, too. Sean, how are you with the Tony La Russa, let's get somebody a clean inning in relief? How are you with that? I'm cool with it. I was more upset with what's going on with the bullpen, specifically Michael Kopech. Oh, I think this is boy. the second outing. I think Toronto yeah, was third. really bad. It's the third where he's given up multiple runs. Absolutely. but It is can, the third, yeah. You can go back to the Field of Dreams game. Even though he got out of that inning, he struggled a little bit. He came up. I think he um, came in, threw well, but he really wasn't throwing strikes the way he was prior to his injury, his hamstring injury, which, by the way, is similar to the injury that Giolito has right now. So my concern with him is that his mindset right now, he's trying to figure things out, but I would rather him go through it now than to be in that space yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, no doubt. We're yeah. going to be talking uh, baseball on the south side. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll work in the Cubs, certainly the Bears too. Brian, I bring this up, and, and Sean, because the uh, Tapera thing, I've been I've been saying this, and I know what Tony is. I know what Tony does. So it's not a surprise, but it's like, Ryan Tapera looked great. Why can't he go a little deeper? I guess I'm just old school where I want pitchers to pitch until they, until they start showing issues. Now, it worked out fine, but we've seen plenty of times this year where it didn't work out fine. You bring in a Kimbrel when you had a Tapera pitching before him, and then all of a sudden things didn't go well. You so, bring him in in the seventh inning. <laughs> that's that's and, not, and, and that's, that's, and that's my point inning. too. Yeah. That's yeah. my point too. When you put when you pitch it to Para and you put him in the second, you know, you know, he he went. Uh, I think he faced two batters, had a strikeout. Why not pitch him in the seventh and then get to your? Yeah, you don't have this thing in your head where it's like, okay, eighth inning. I think we're safe to go to the uh, the hot shots. That's the thing that makes me nuts, and I know that's not what Tony does. But beyond the uh, the um, uh, the other Kopech issues, yes, yeah, that that really is a big issue. And if he is still injured, boy, I mean that'll make three big arms on on the staff. But I will say this: if he isn't injured, is it time to maybe give him a start? Maybe it's a starter versus reliever mentality. It's kind of Kopech to start. Oh, I, I don't know. I think that's a little maybe, bit... maybe, maybe a short, maybe like one of those, uh, oh, yeah, you know, like a, bull, yeah, the... like a bullpen start. Yeah, just to kind of give him a taste of well, they're getting talking, of, they're talking about a bullpen direction. game on Tuesday, but he's not going to be available, I think, to be part of that committee. I don't, I don't think, but, um, you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, the White Sox, you have, uh, Hendricks talking about the worst thing in the world is, is a large lead in the division, a double digit game lead right um because you you, it's human nature you let up a little bit Uh, tony larusa is trying to give guys rest and obviously just alluded to the injury so he has to has guys out and he's trying to figure out everything but keep the same mindset of our our job isn't finished here the the division is there so there's no doubt about it right they're going to be in the playoffs 
Um, the, the problem is it's a big picture thing. You're looking at how good is this team in October and how healthy will this team be in October? But it was interesting to, to hear uh, Liam Hendricks talk about the idea that last year when he was with Oakland as the closer, the White Sox had kind of taken their foot off the gas under Ricky Renteria towards the end of the regular season and maybe didn't have the same, I don't know, mentality slash confidence. Urgency, yeah. A sense of urgency going into yeah. that playoff series. And he said flat out uh, the White Sox were a better team um, than we were, but we were playing the better baseball because we didn't have the, you know, the, the luxury of, of taking it easy the final few weeks of the season. Right. So interesting perspective, but he said he hasn't detected that within the Sox clubhouse. He was quick, quick to say that he thinks everyone's still on the same page and that, you know, better yet, Tony La Russa is not going to allow that to happen. Right. They, uh, yeah, no, no doubt. And what Sean said was, you know, the Kopech, uh, you know, uh, issues that are going on right now then you've got uh giolito on the il as of uh the other day retroactive to august 31st we still have uh, lance lynn who's set to come before that better now to go through this than later on in this month where it's going to be critical but you're right that that extreme lead and They've been mentioning it on TV, the magic number. I don't want to hear the magic number unless it's under <laughs> I, 10. I started that about a month ago just for grins because if that's how comfortable they've been right. in this division. Because but now once, they're talking about it, Brian. They're mentioning it all the time. It's like, well, I don't I, want to hear that Mark, until it's Mark, less than 10. Yeah. You, you need to take a deep breath. I mean, they have a 99% <laughs> chance of winning the division. I know. I know. Uh, but you it's know just, take, yeah. Yeah, you need how about to you, take, Sean? Do you want to hear that? Do you need to hear that? I'm ready to get to the playoffs. Well, I'm yeah. ready. Too. I, it doesn't I'm bother me. Too. I know okay. it's going to happen, like Brian said. Yeah, I'm just ready for this team to be healthy. Well, that 100, and then in the playoffs. That's the Jesse uh, conversation where they just got to get rid of the month of September as a regular yes. season. What you know, good luck. You know, at the time, <laughs> yeah, that's going to happen. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen with the CBA. But I don't see the owners going along. Is that going really along on the that. table? We don't even know if that uh, that's on the table. It's well, on our if, table, if, but if is Je- it actually yeah, on Jesse the table? has a chance to be in those negotiations, so it'll be on the table, <laughs> right? But but I mean, look, they've won six of the last eight games. All of a sudden, they're a home run hitting team again, including Grandal, right? I mean, it, it, it's it's really weird. led by Grandal, yeah. Yeah, we we go a month of saying, boy, you know, have you looked around? They're like the one one of the few teams that does doesn't hit the ball over the wall, and now that's all they do, right? So yeah, look, a nine three game that turned into ten seven, they still won it, and. Yep. Um, you know, Kopech is is something you kind of keep your eye on. A guy you keep your eye on. The injuries you keep your eye on. Um, it is interesting, and 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 uh, Fred Huebner and I talked about this a little bit yesterday. That five thirty eight, the uh, the website that you know puts projections and uses all their algorithms, and everything else. They're not they're not very confident in the White Sox winning a World Series. They have them as a five percent chance. And the team with the best chance to win the World Series, according to their projection, is the Dodgers at thirty percent, and then the other, you know, usual suspects are in between five and thirty. So, as much as they have the largest lead in the divisions among the division leaders, they, you know, there are some question marks here, and just how good this team is. Uh, are you talking about um, who 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 are setting those uh, percentages again? 538.com, which is Nate okay. Silver's website, yeah. Okay, 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you you don't want to believe that there are those question marks, but there are. And and look, I, I'm not I'm not pulling my hair out on sports radio. What we do is just complain about the inane sometimes, and and to have uh, the problem of having all these arms. And uh, me wondering if Tapera can go a little deeper. That's why I don't have a Hall of Fame status in, in all those wins in uh, leading major league teams. But, you know, you wonder sometimes. And uh, Tony La Russa will, will make decisions that uh, not all of us totally understand, but he's the man with the record. The Kopech issue is, uh, is really intriguing. Well, I mean, it's intriguing as to I think most of us believe that he'll be in the rotation next year. I mean, that that, that would be an upset to me if he wasn't, right? Well, that would be the ultimate destination, sure. Yeah, and, and you know, again, what do you do with Dallas Keuchel since he's owed $18 million next year and $20 million the year following? And I, I said yesterday, the good news is he has a uh, a vesting, innings pitch vest, uh, a contract vesting for 2024. I think he has to pitch 320 innings over this season and next and when he can't get out of the third inning, that's not going to vest. So you don't have to worry about paying him another $20 million, uh as a player option. So, right. I mean, I, I don't know what you do with him if this is a, just a one-off that he's he's having a struggling season and he'll get his mind right and his body right and come back and be the old Dallas Keuchel next season. I mean, that's got to be the hope and the belief, but who knows. Um, but, yeah, I would think Kopech is going to be in the rotation next year no matter and you go from there. Maybe it's Carlos Rodon who's not here because Scott Boris has got him as a free agent and they're going to make the most money they can make. And hopefully the White Sox are the ones giving him the, giving the pile of money. But, you know, right now you wouldn't know how that's going to play out. Right. Uh, yeah, Kopech's got to be a starter next year. Um, but the the, the dallas Keiko issue, uh, he, he not that he's picked a time to do this. <laughs> you know, he's not doing this purposely, but it's a hell of a time when you have a Giolito and a Lynn on the DL. Because, yeah. uh, you know, I, I thought prior to those guys going on the DL, it's like, okay, why don't we just uh, put Lopez in and spell him a, a relief spot and let him rest a little more and try to get his head together. But that's not an option now. Ronaldo Lopez has been pretty good. I mean, yeah, well, yeah. right, right, and and and, but now Lopez has to start, uh, yep. you know, to spell relief for the other guys on the IL. So it's just not a a great time. But as long as we have the bats swinging and swinging hard for the fences, you know, we've got Kansas City again today. Dylan Cease has been really, really good lately, and uh, we've seen a steady improvement. Yeah, yeah, we still appreciate that. You're yeah, never going to let that go, are you? Tapera, Cease, what else you need? All right, so right now. Brian, right now, Cub fan, what hurts you more, Cease or Jimenez? Or are they oh. equal at this point? Well, I mean, Cease was supposedly just a throw-in, right? But I, I, well, I, that's a hell of a you, throw-in. When you throw in a guy who can throw 100-plus miles per hour, I don't like <laughs> right. those throw-ins. And I had to, <laughs> I, I, even when he struggled initially, I thought, again, you can't coach 100-plus miles an hour. So now he's figuring it out. Yep. And, uh, you know, let's just put that on the Theo Jed worst moves list because it, it, there's maybe not a whole host of them, but there's probably half a dozen. And, and that certainly that that Contreras trade would be right in that. Top well, five or six. Yeah. Yeah. Look, every team has them. There are a couple people here on ESPN 1000. I won't mention names, Meller and uh, uh, DeFalco <laughs> that are still upset about uh, uh, Tatis Jr. I've let that go because, yeah, you know, it's it's just one piece in a big puzzle. If we had retained him, 
who knows if we would not have made that trade for Quintana to you guys. So there's too many pieces. It's like yeah, a Contreras, it's Quintana. It's, yeah. It, yeah. He was such a non-factor. I forget his name. Um, <laughs> it's like a Jenga game, right? So yeah. you can't really, you can't really say, okay, that's as simple as that. And, and I get that. And, and there was a time where Jimenez was obviously the big winner and he still is really in that trade, but boy, Cease is getting up there. And I know when the season started, Fred and I, who are usually on, uh, you know, Sundays together, we had talked and he was all about Dane Dunning and he was not about Cease. And so early on, there was a question, is this going to pan out? And, and it wasn't like Fred was reaching. It was kind of like, okay, how is this going to work out? But he has really improved over this season. It's been a pleasure to watch, and he is going to be a tremendous asset moving forward. Can you imagine being a Padres fan right now after their offseason and with no. Tatis Jr.? No. Wow. And, yeah. and, you know, now they're not even going to be a playoff team. And, you know, it was Larry Rothschild's fault because he, the towels rule didn't work there. I mean, so they launched the, the pitching coach. I mean, it just, again, winning the offseason. And Rick Hahn, everyone was celebrating winning their offseason. And yet here the White Sox are winning the regular season as well. So it's interesting because when everyone else was sitting on their hands for the most part, the Padres were getting you Darvish and wheeling and dealing with. And they Napa. were really, you could argue, they, they were the most active. Absolutely. As far as money spent and moves made yep. for a smaller market. And look yep. what that's got them. Yeah, so that's baseball, baby. I mean, you never know, <laughs> yes. right? I mean, no, no, you don't know. We've got uh, Jesse coming up at ten. We're definitely going to hit him up on uh, a lot of things on the south side. We'll talk about the north side as well. Uh, Bears talk, sure. Why not? I think we're all still wondering what is going on as far as the O line and how this thing is going to look. I don't like this. Uh, this dead week between preseason and regular season gives you too much. I'm ready to get it going. Yeah, gives you too much time to just say, Matt Nagy. And by the way, we have a Twitter poll question, right? That where's yes, your confidence level in Matt Nagy now? You know the hell with yeah, Andy it Dalton. is play calling, right? Yeah, and, we don't worry about Andy Dalton now. Let, worry about the guys calling the plays, sending the plays into Andy Dalton. It's interesting because uh, we'll hit that audio next uh, when we come back from the break, but. I uh, I saw something in Rain Delay Theater that we're going to play some audio, and uh, that'll trigger that poll that we have up on ESPN 1000 on Twitter. It's Hanley and Xander. This is ESPN 1000 on a Sunday morning. We'll be taking your calls, 312-332-3776. Remember, we're available on the app and on uh, FM on HD2 at 100.3. It's ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. And Robert with a long home run to left. one nothing White Sox in the first. That was an 89-mile-an-hour two-seam fastball trying to work its way into the handle of Robert. Didn't get there. He yanked the hands in and said, Yakatow, baby. Swing and a fly ball. Deep left. Hap at the fence. It's gone. Robert with a two-homer day, and it's 12-1. to Lynch working quickly, and there's a swing and a blast. High and deep. Left center. It will go. That ball landed in the fountain. It's one nothing White Sox in the first, his seventh of the season. Hitting them into the drink, ESPN 1000. 
Luis Robert, Brian Hanley. How long, and, and Sean had this question, he gets all the credit here. How long is it going to take for him to be the premier defensive and offensive player on your Chicago White Sox? Well, boy, you're spoiled for choice right now, right? Jose Abreu, right, just right. named you, player of the month. Uh, yep. Aloy Jimenez, you know, if, if he's a DH, well, that diminishes the value. But, I mean, when he when he hits and when he, you know, punishes a baseball, there's none better. I mean, he, he you know, you could put him in the conversation. T.A. Um, T.A. Now, the record, Mark, the record says basically the White Sox are a 500 team when, uh, when uh, Tim Anderson's not in the lineup. And I, I don't know, know if you, you, you can – you know, draw that straight line to in the lineup, winning baseball team, you know, not in the lineup, average team, but that's what it is. Those are the numbers. And is he the uh, so-called straw that stirs the drink? Well, but again, I mean, you look at uh, different guys have carried this team at different points in the season, right? And certainly Louis Robert, when he's healthy, is unbelievable. But Grandal's come back from injury, and all of a sudden he looks like a different guy, right? He's got 19 homers this season, and three for three last night, two-run homer, four RBI. I mean, up and down the lineup. He, Brian, he hit a single last night. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. He actually hit a single. So, yeah, he's he's really come back. Uh, Luis Robert, after the injury, I, I think uh, I heard um, – I heard uh, Benetti and uh, Gordon Beckham last night talk about how he just looks like a different player, like he's got it more together, right? And I've got to give credit to Jimenez. Since he's been back, he looks good in left field. He's done okay. He's not a liability. So all of that said, you're right. That's a tough call. But I think Luis Robert probably is going to be the best all-around player at some point. I just don't know how quick that's going to be. And you're right. It's an embarrassment of riches because we have so much going for us on the south side. And T.A. is a true leader. Obviously, he wasn't in the lineup yesterday, and we did win. Uh, we, uh, we have a new guy up, uh, Romy Gonzalez, which uh, that came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But uh, very, uh, as I understand it, that was kind of a Chris Getz thing, where Chris really felt this guy was ready. And Rick Hahn said, okay, Chris Getz has done a great job uh, on the farm with these youngsters. And uh, it was cool to get uh, a name up here that was, you know, highly regarded that I haven't heard of. Yeah. And Chris Getz, you know, should get, uh, you know, again, behind the scenes, guys, that's what makes winning organizations. Certainly Rick Hahn is the face of the front office and Tony's the, you know, face of, of the dugout of the, the team he's running. But guys like Chris Getz, you know, helped player development. It's all about that, especially with a young, younger team like the White Sox, right? Who, you know, arguably a year ahead of whatever blueprint or schedule they might have had in their minds in the front office. But here they are. Here they are, you know, dominating most, you know, most days, most weeks, most months. Speaks to the division, certainly not being a great division. But that, that said, they have with, you know, they've withstood injury after injury. And uh, even their their slumps are are minor because you have, I mean, even the Urminator came up and gave you a spark for a couple of weeks. No one expected that, right? And now sure. he's a now he's a footnote in the season, right? Uh, Billy Hamilton, 
He's what made he, some great contributions, and I still think he's just great on the bench. Every time they go to him, he's cracking somebody up. He's having fun on the bench, and we all know a loose team is uh, is a good thing. 312-332-3776, if you want to talk about the White Sox. We've hit everything about co- concerns about Kopech. My issue with not letting Tapera go a little deeper. Louis Robert, is he going to be uh, – you know, the best player on this team and how long will it take for him to be the best player on this team? Although it's not really a concern. We've got a lot of great players, but if you want to weigh in three, one, two, three, three, two, three, seven, seven, six, even Mendick look great. Yeah. You know, there's a guy who, you know, has come through a lot of the times when we've needed him to, and he's been back and forth. Yeah. Again, it, it, it'll be interesting to see what decisions are made you know, the rosters were expanded this past week, so that's great. But it will be interesting. There will be some close calls when you put together your playoff roster. And I know you mm-hmm. don't want to talk about playoffs because, you know, the regular season is, you know, anything could happen. Yeah. But no. Uh, they, it will yeah, be I, I can't say that I'm so worried. Uh, you know, just the, the fixation on the magic number is just a yeah. little ridiculous to me. But it will we'll be, be interesting to see, you know, which of these guys who have been you know, pretty solid contributors who are bubble guys when it comes to a playoff roster, you know, the right. Billy Hamilton being one of them, right? Does well, we saw Jake Lamb was DFA'd, yeah. you know, and that wasn't a surprise. Uh, we've got Gavin Sheets up. Yep. And, oh, the, let's talk about his swing. Is that not one of the prettiest swings you've ever seen? That kid, he looks like a lefty Mike Trout to me. Yeah. Ooh. No, wow. no, 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 no. Let me, let me, Whoa. let me, let me say this. Let me say Hyperbole. This. His swing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm not saying defense. Mike Trout is an all around player. I'm saying at the plate with that swing from the left hand side that, I mean, he's a big built guy like a Mike oh, yeah. Trout. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That, those are the parallels only. I'm yeah. not saying he's Mike Trout. Yeah. That's a little lofty. Again, you're spoiled for choice with, with this group. And, um, how that translates into post-season, postseason? It's time about damn time, Brian. Yeah. It is about time. Well, um, yeah, look, it, again, it's interesting how they handle these last few weeks of the regular season. I know dog days and, you know, everyone just get me to the playoffs and get me to meaningful baseball. But if you're Tony La Russa and Rick Hahn and that coaching staff and, and even some of the leaders in that clubhouse – Again, when you hear Liam Hendricks say it's very important to to keep that same mindset, and again, by all indications they have, um, but it's just you can't let your foot up off the the gas pedal here because it, it's it's not that the division's going to be in play; it's just how you roll into the postseason, and is everyone got the same focus? And it goes back to that field of dreams game, the meeting that uh, Tony had with the team, and said, "Let's treat this mm-hmm. next." 16 games without a day off as a playoff run, right? A simulation where we bring it every day. We keep our focus. We're not going to get a break. So mentally, it's going to be a grind. Physically, it's going to be a grind. And they end up basically a 500 team in that span, right? So Right. And those were tough teams. And those were teams yep, outside the absolutely. division. And you're right. The division's won. That's not a concern. It's It's the playing tough against these teams. Like the Yankees have had our number. But isn't it ironic that they probably, uh, as it stands, and I haven't seen the uh, the standings today, but I, I don't think they're definitely not a lock for the playoffs. They're going to have a tough fight to get into the playoffs. No, we were talking about yesterday, Fred and I, um, interesting because Rizzo and Gallo have really, I mean, Rizzo had the, the immediate uh, contribution in the first few games, first week yep. where he was hitting home runs. He and Gallo have been crickets offensively, but the fact that you have two left-handed 
hitters in that lineup that that forces other uh, the opposing team to to respect them has made Stanton and Judge uh, has improved them greatly to the point where that the Yankees have gone on that run. Now they lost to Baltimore yesterday. You know, you can't if you're the Yankees, you can't allow that to happen. But no, right. they, that surge after the trade deadline moves, it, it created the, the right-handed stalwarts in guys in Stanton and Judge took off because of the presence of Rizzo and Gallo, even though Rizzo and Gallo weren't putting up numbers. Right. The uh, Red Sox and Yankees are kind of uh, neck and neck in uh, Tampa Bay. I mean, last 10 games, they're eight and two. Mm-hmm. No, they, no they look impressive respect, with right? that. No, not even the fans there, which is well, just crazy. Yeah, right. and, and I know that that's a longstanding problem. But don't they have the lowest payroll or one of the lowest payrolls? They're usually in the team picture. But again, yesterday yeah, we were talking impressive. with callers, and it's like, oh, you know, I worry about the Yankees. Oh, you know, who's going to be in the World Series? It's, and no one brings up the Rays, and they sit here, I think, still with the, the most runs scored in the American League. Like you said, eight and two in their last ten. They really don't go into prolonged slumps. And I mean, they're they're a model of consistency. And I remember yeah. when the White Sox were playing down there, um, guys like Steve Greenberg from the Sun Times were tweeting out, you know, could the White Sox have that same sense of urgency that the Rays seem to bring every night? And you know that they, in that series, it, it looked like the White Sox maybe weren't, you know, completely as focused as they needed to be, and the the Tampa Rays were. So. Again, 162, a long season. It's tough to keep that, that you know, stay on your mental game like, like you know, most like the Rays seemingly do. But the White Sox seemingly are doing it right now. Yeah, you know, the White Sox record 79 and 57. The Rays, 86 and 50. Yep. Yeah, they're in a, a tough in, team. In a better division. Yep, in a way better division. All right, we're going to come back and uh, touch upon the Bears. We're going to have Jesse on at 10, by the way, uh, talking baseball. Jesse Rogers, as uh, we love to have him on here at ESPN 1000. But we're going to come back and mention the Bears. I heard a bit of audio that I want to hit the uh, audio from the Hanging with Hurt episode featuring Matt Nagy. Did you happen to see it, Brian? No, it will be always a a good surprise when we have Matt Nagy audio. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, that you haven't heard before. A lot of times, every time we listen to it the first time, it's like, wow, that's a surprise, Matt. Thank you. Okay, we're going to come back with that. We're taking your calls, 312-332-3776. It's Brian Hanley, Mark Zander. This is ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Hanley and Xander on ESPN 1000. Nice long holiday weekend. It's going to be a warm, sunny day today. 312-332-3776. We're taking your calls. And uh, let us know what you're doing for Labor Day. Typically, Brian, people should not be working on Labor Day because it's a day off from labor. But then people do like home projects and stuff like that. I'm challenging people to do nothing. (laughs) Absolutely nothing. (laughs) See the couch. Reacquaint yourself with said couch. Yes, yes. I mean, look, I have a hard time doing that myself. I'm going to try to challenge myself to do absolutely nothing. We'll see how that works out. All right, Owen from Willowbrook wants to talk White Sox here on ESPN 1000. Hey, Owen. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Um, Hey, just a note with with what Hendricks said, you know, trying to keep your foot on the gas pedal. Well, I think each player has to look at themselves and maybe motivate themselves individually. And one of the things they can look at is 
The Sox are the only team with a 500 record in the playoffs right now. Every other team, including the wild card teams, have winning road records. And, they're, mm-hmm. and the Sox are only a half game behind Houston for that uh, second home field advantage. Tampa has had a big lead. The Sox have got a 10-game lead. Tampa's got a 7.5 game lead. And they, they seem to be winning every night. And I think I think the Sox have to look at that to motivate themselves to say, you know, keep themselves, you know, um, you know, in this race for the second home field advantage because I think come playoff time, that's what you want to play for is the opportunity to be able to have that last game at home if you can. And then one other note I just want to make, what I thought was a real big bat last night was Andrew Vaughn, who's gone a little bit south lately, I think. He had a great approach to driving that, that insurance run. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great at bat. If we can get him going again, that would really make that lineup really really strong going into the playoffs, I think. Yeah, I think so. And um, I, I agree the Andrew Vaughn uh, at bat was uh, versus a lefty. We've just got to get him swinging the same way against righties. But he's a rookie, you know. Uh, these things will come, as Steve Stone says. Uh don't you think, Brian, that that would be, uh, you know, the talk about winning home field advantage would have been part of that talk that uh, Tony LaRusa gave the team around the uh, uh, the um, Field of Dreams game? Well, I would think so. But, you know, again, I've been banging the drum about their record against winning teams. Uh, you know, it's great to to live off the fat of the of the division. Right. And, yep, and, yep. and, and it looks impressive and all. But. When you get into the postseason, who are you going to be playing? You're going to be playing teams with the, winning the records. The best teams, that's right. Right. So you're 30 and 36 against teams with winning records. Look, the the formula they, they have to get to a 10-and-a-half game lead in the division is just fine. 46 and 24, you're supposed to dominate at home and be a 500 team on the road. Well, guess what? They're 33 and 33 on the road. So they, they're following that formula to, to get a winning season and, and to win a division. Yet, um, we've seen them play well against uh, the, the tougher teams, and we've seen them lay an egg against tougher teams, and that's why no other division leader has a losing record against winning teams, right? So um, that that's a little bit of a concern for me. But That's yeah, a big concern, sure. Yeah, and, and it hasn't gotten any better. I mean, I've been talking about this for two months because you've been sitting here with, with a healthy lead anywhere from five games to ten and a half now for the last couple of months, so – when Cleveland trades you their second baseman, you know that uh, they've thrown up the white flag. I mean, and you know, you know, you knew the rest of the division was no damn good anyway. So that that thing that still to me is a, is a, a big concern that they haven't had success against the better teams in the league. So we'll see how that plays out. Well, no better time to catch fire than now. Um, yeah, the, this Kansas City team. Is has no hope for the playoffs, but uh, they've you know they have improved and they've had our number over the years. This year is a little different, but boy, Salvi Perez, we're going to see him again today. That guy's thirty-one. He's a big boy. He still catches at a very high level and and he hits bombs. Pretty impressive. He's only thirty-one. It seems like he's been in the league twenty years. Well, uh, I think thirty-one is like forty in catcher's years, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of miles. <laughs> you know, on those yeah, it's a lot of miles, right? And I mean, like I said, he's a big guy. Catching is not yeah. an easy position, and he still plays at a very high level. But uh, 
Yeah, Dylan Cease on the mound today. We've got pregame at 1230 here on ESPN 1000, your home for the Chicago White Sox. I believe Connor's going to be on pregame. And then, uh, and then, yeah, we're going to take on KC and get rid of them and, and then move on from there. We're going to talk Bears right now, switching gears just a little bit as we'll have uh, Jesse on at 10 a.m. to uh, talk more um, baseball. White Sox, and uh, I don't know, maybe we'll hit on the Cubs if well, there's anything. Five-game to... win streak and Frank Schwindel. How about this? Fred said he bet the other day on Friday, he bet Frank Schwindel to hit a home run on his sports book and uh, app, and he's had home runs in five or six games. The only game he didn't was the one Fred bet on. Um, <laughs> and, well, then that's obviously his fault then. What, what I said to Fred, I think that's the first step of the 12-step program when you said I bet Fred Schwindel to hit a home run. But I love the Sun-Times headline, <laughs> Schwindy City. Because, I, you know, I know it's the Pirates and they're awful, and, and the White Sox, you know, took care of them too. So they're they're done with Chicago teams. They don't want to see any more Chicago teams. But they, I will say that during this five games win streak, which I never thought they would have one after the big trade off, they're hustling. I mean, they, they I don't know that these guys are keepers. Whether it's Schwindel or well, everybody's uh, on audition wisdom. now. Yeah, I, I mean, great. But Pretty I mean, much. I don't know. You know, I, I guess Jeff Passan. Uh, you know, he on Friday he said, "Well, sure, these guys could stick," but he was being kind of sarcastic, like. To what end? I mean, a 30-year-old Patrick Wisdom, who's had a terrific half season since coming up, you don't take that away from him. But I don't know, big picture, what these, you know, what Frank Schwindel, although you you, you appreciate the approach, right? He, he wants to be better defensively. He's working on it. The offense is there. The hustle is there. And that, you know, slide to, to end the game last night. Um, so I'll get, you know, you know celebrate him. And and don't take that away. I mean, it's great that they found a way to, to put five together because it that what, what what were the odds on that happening? You know, a few weeks ago. No, it, it, it slim to none. Uh, but I will say that because the Cubs are in this situation, they really have nothing to lose. So playing all these youngsters or these these players that have been in the minors and they're a little older and give them a chance to shine on the big stage. You know, there's going to be some good that comes of it. And, I, you know, a five-game winning streak, okay, that's that's fine. That's not going to get them in the playoffs. But no. we're going to see who can actually stick, and there are going to be some names that we weren't aware of before. And that's that's kind of the cool part of what's happening on the north side, aside from all the other things, and it's not been a great year. But, the, yeah, well, hey, a I, few I bright, wait, bright spots. I can't wait to hear from Jesse, top of the hour, about Kyle Hendricks. I mean – a 160 two-thirds innings pitch, fifth most in Major League Baseball, and yet he dismisses the, any fatigue factor. But he hasn't been very good at all for a while now. And you know what? What is going on with Kyle Hendricks? Do you give him? Uh, do you skip him in the next time around on the rotation? Just give him a break, a mental break, physical break, even though he says there's nothing physically ailing him. Or mm-hmm. do you just keep letting him, you know, plug away because he was so good for so long early on in the season? Yeah, that will be interesting. I mean, they have nothing to lose to give him a little break, but he's got to be on board, you would think. You know, you, you would want think. him on board. You owe, yeah, you owe him. I think you owe him that, right? But and he's not going to take himself out of the lineup. So even if he wants to, you know, once, uh, you know, David Ross and Andy Green get together and, and talk about it because, you know, they have to do it on the phone now. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's another concern. And, you know, um, this, uh, how, how long are they out? They're out. Uh, 
been a couple of days now, so they've got yeah, 10 days? Is that 10 it? days, unless yeah. they, I think they te- if they test negative, they, it could be seven days, but it's still a few more days. But anyway, you know, it, it, at least this team is hustling. And, you know, what a, we had a caller yesterday who said, it's a double-A team playing a triple-A team. And I didn't know which one he meant was where it comes to the double-A team. Or the Does Pirates. it really matter? <laughs> yeah. And he's, he, he was, I guess he was a Sox fan. But he's like, why are, why are the fans putting the W flag up and screaming and singing Go Cubs Go? Because they paid for the ticket and they're enjoying the day. Well, and and there is nothing wrong with that. I mean, uh, you know, Cub fans, if, if the team has ever needed you, they really need you now. Well, I'm with you know, Yurk. I'm with Yurko. That unless you bought the tickets months ago, I wouldn't spend a dollar on it just to send a message to to the Ricketts family. Hey, and, that's and, the way. That's the White Sox way of doing things. I, right. I'm not against that at all. Yeah, yeah. you know, um, I'm, I, I'm that, unhappy. I'm not going to go buy your twelve dollar beers, and I'm not coming right? to the park until you put a major league product out there because you're charging top five ticket prices, right? Yep. And I think that uh, Cubs fans. Yeah, you know, cheer, put up your W flag at your house and everything, but that's the way to be heard is to speak with your wallet. All right, we'll, we'll be back, and we'll hit up that naggy stuff that I was talking about from the uh, TV show Hanging with Hurt, and we'll get into a poll question. We'll talk to Jesse at 10 a.m. We'll eventually get to the Xander Rock poll, as we do on Sunday mornings here on ESPN 1000. It's Hanley at Xander, and we'll be right back here on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Hanley and Xander here on a Sunday morning talking with you. 312-332-3776. Jesse Rogers coming on at 10 a.m. But right now, Brian, I want to talk about something that happened on Thursday night. I sat down on my favorite chair, cracked open a beer. It was game time. White Sox and Kansas City Royals from Kauffman Stadium. Then all of a sudden, it's rain delay. Mm-hmm. Rain delay theater. So, you know, I just, um, only because I'm lazy, I didn't get up. And all of a sudden, I just <laughs> the watched what, whatever. Yeah, remote was uh, within a uh, reach of a hand, but eh, it's too much work. So I just sat and I watched, and uh, on the rain delay theater, they'll play Hanging with Hurt. Have you ever seen this show? It's where yes. uh, Frank Thomas interviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had T.A. on. He's had um, Mark Burley on. This time he had Matt Nagy on. And this must be a new episode, or I really missed it, but he had Coach Nagy on. And he selling some thought, supplements? Uh, I, you know, I don't know if he was buying. I, I don't know if Matt was buying. But Matt had a big smile on his face. It turns out he was a huge Frank Thomas fan as a kid. <laughs> that just goes to show you how advanced age some of us are because Matt Nagy was wearing a Frank Thomas jersey as a kid in Scranton, PA. Hmm. I didn't know that there was that big an age difference, but apparently there is. So I digress. I'm watching this, and I heard Matt say this, and I thought, ooh, I've got to bring that to the show. And I'm not sure uh, how many other people had seen this, ver- uh, this episode of Hanging with Hurt, but here's what Matt had to say. It's very important because I take a lot of pride in that. And I also understand when things aren't going well, like last year, um, you know, and I learned this from Coach Reed and I believe in it. You always start with yourself. And people say, well, why, why, you know, why take the play calling back? Because I believe in in myself and I believe in what I can do as a play caller. It's plain and simple. I know I'm a good play caller and and I know that I can call plays. Um, But it's also last year at at a time where things were struggling. I got to take accept. I got to accept 
you know, the responsibility and accountability uh-huh. that, hey, I'm not doing a good enough job. And I benched myself. And, and Bill did a great job. The players did a great job with it. And now it's time to get back on track. And I, I just – I believe in myself. I know the players believe in me. I believe in them. We all believe in each other. And it's time to get back to, to get, getting back to work. Well, Brian, so uh, he believes in himself as a play caller. And that leads us to our Twitter poll at ESPN 1000 on Twitter. How confident are you in Matt Nagy's play calling? Obviously, Matt's very confident in himself. He says the whole team is, everybody is, and your choices are highly confident, somewhat confident, not confident at all. How do you think that's going to turn out when we wrap it up at the end of the show? Well, uh, I would guess that uh, either not very confident or not confident at all is going to be uh, the majority of the votes because – you know, the fact that he benched himself last year for good reason. Again, when you lose six straight games in the NFL, someone usually – it used to be if the rule of thumb is if you lose three in a row, someone gets fired, the coach or the GM or both, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yet here he sits hanging with hanging with the Big Hurt, and uh, Ryan Pace met the media the other day and was excited about everything. So Pace is going into his seventh season – and Matt Nagy is still here, a few years removed from being coach of the year, but um, not very good last year, certainly the year before. Even though you're a playoff team, you were you backed in. You didn't even win to get in, and it was a COVID-created playoff spot, and you scored all nine points at New Orleans. So he is the offensive guru. And, by the way, when Laser started calling plays, you saw better offense, and you – Here's a team that struggled mightily, uh, Mark, to, to score in the first half, right? I mean, yes. a touchdown in the first half was, you know, stop the, you know, stop and put it on the highway. Was I saying Bigfoot? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> I mean, and in the NFL, which has done nothing but create rules and change rules to, to create more scoring and sustain scoring drives. And yet here the Bears sit in the first half of games struggling to get into the end zone and usually settling for a field goal or two. So, it has to be a hell of a lot better. Um, and whether it's him calling the plays or Andy Dalton executing said plays, it's got to be a lot better because you can't be playing against <clears throat> this schedule in particular. You can't be trailing by a touchdown or two for the majority of the game because that, that's not going to get it done. You, won't, you will not win uh, more than you lose in a 17-game season doing what you did last year. And I still think, you know, I, I appreciate what he's saying, that he believes in himself and he benched himself. But why change something that did have immediate uh, improvement? And you also got Montgomery going a lot more when Laser was calling the games too, right? Calling the plays. Yeah. So yeah. he uh, last six games of the season, Montgomery. You know, begin be Matt said it again this week. I love David Montgomery. I'm really close to him. I believe in him. You know, we're going to give him the ball. But usually, he doesn't back up those words nearly enough from for my taste. Yeah, last year, how many times did he say, "Oh, we're gonna we we've got to get him the ball more"? And and Sylvie this week made a great point. You're the head coach. Who are you talking about? If you're the play caller, yeah. you're the guy. Same thing with Cole Komet. Happened last year. Got to get him the ball more. Well, you're the dude that calls the plays. Now, I do appreciate that he did bench himself. You know, I wonder if that was really his decision, if it was suggested by somebody else. But the point is. He has been heralded as an offensive guru, but we really haven't seen it consistently enough. 
And I think that this is going to be a pivotal year. Now, there are many people that say his job is not on the line, and it probably isn't. We'd like to see his job on the line to see some urgency, but I'm not sure that that's the case. Ryan, Ryan Pace is 42 and 54 in six seasons and, and 0 for 2 in the playoffs. And yet he's still the guy who's sitting in the big chair and Mad Nagy is still working as well. And I get it. I mean, uh, you know, Pace was executive of the year, the same season that Matt Nagy was coach of the year. But again, it was all about the defense and 38 takeaways. The yep. offense hasn't been nearly as advertised. And, and you know, again, he's the that, offensive guru. But I'm with you. I don't believe either one of them have a clock ticking on them this season because when George and uh, Ted asked directly in that January 13th press conference where collaboration was the buzzword, um, all they said when asked, basically, is this a win or these guys are done season? They They just said we need to see improvement and production. So that's very nebulous. Yeah, well, they, that's that's their mo. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to jump in on this, if you want to jump in on the poll on Twitter at ESPN one thousand. Again, we're going to talk to Jesse. Shift back to baseball at ten a.m. Uh, I also don't buy. You know, the O line obviously is an issue. We all know it's an issue, but I keep hearing people bring up with good reason that Fields should not play. And later on, there are a couple of cuts about Justin Fields from the very uh, same episode of Hanging with Hurt that we'll get to. But I don't buy this whole don't put Justin Fields in because he's going to get killed because the O-line is not very solid. Doesn't he have a better chance at surviving than Andy Dalton, who does not move like Justin Fields? Well, I mean, certainly. So we're basically like throw Andy to the wolves, you know, and and protect Justin. The answer to that is the more more mobile quarterback is obviously going to be able to have some escapability, right? Sure. But I also understand the argument that that can create and and embed bad habits that all of a sudden he's got happy. Well, yeah, that would be the byproduct, right? Right. He's looking to to get out before, you know, on, on almost every snap because he doesn't trust the line in front of him. But that said, my my counter argument to that is, how is this offensive line going to be appreciably appreciably better five games in, seven games in? I mean, Jason Peters is only going to be older, right? Um, I, I get I get continuity will help them stabilize and and that will help them improve, but will be appreciably better. Will they? What what's going to change in this makeshift offensive line? That you know, you drafted a guy who was going to switch to the left tackle, and then by the way, he you knew he had the one back issue, but now he's got a second issue that back issue that needed surgery. So we're supposed to feel better that it wasn't a, a pre-existing condition. No matter, it was back surgery, and he's not going to play this season. I know they keep saying there's a chance, but I don't believe it. So it is what it is, and I just don't know how this line. If if Justin Fields is going to be fragile and you don't want to get him hurt in week one or two or three, then tell me in week eight, nine, or 10, how that line is going to protect him any better. Well, yeah, uh, you, you, we'd like to think that somehow they gel or, or somehow they start working better together. I, I don't know if that's a realistic expectation. Certainly we're hopeful, but it's probably not a realistic expectation. And, and I do get not putting Justin in because you're afraid he's going to get hurt. But at some point, you have to put him in there. And as you said, how is it going to be any better eight weeks down the line? 
312-332-3776. Let's go to break and come back. We're going to talk to Jesse Rogers. We'll get back to football in a little while, but we're going to talk to Jesse about what's happening on the south side with the uh, injuries to the starting rotation and what's happening on the north side, too. We'll be back in two minutes here on ESPN 1000. It's Hanley and Xander. 